Hey there everyone, this interview I conducted with Steve Jude was going to have a segment covering his time working as the lead producer on The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. But due to the fact that Nintendo are extremely protective of their intellectual properties, such as Zelda, Steve wanted to take a better safe than sorry approach and ask that we not include anything to do with the game. I chat with him about some of the many other titles he's worked on though, and more through his story career. So I hope that even in spite of this, you enjoy the interview. Thanks a lot. Welcome everyone to another episode of Kiwi Talks. My guest today is a well-respected man in the game industry. He's worked on notable franchises such as Zelda, Borderlands, Deus Ex, Star Wars, and more. I could keep going on, but time is of the essence. So I'd like to welcome Steve Jude. How are you doing? I'm good, Race. How are you? Good, nice good. To meet you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for taking time out. Of course. I'm sure you're a busy man. A little, yeah. But, you know, always got a bit of time for something special like this. Yeah. Before before we get into it, just as a bit of an icebreaker, I do want to know, why is North Lane your favorite band of all time? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a metal head. Yeah. As you say, a bit of a head banger. Um, yeah, I, I've followed that band since they, they came out and they had a different singer. They were much heavier. Um, and that's when I fell in love with them. Um, yeah, it was just the the groove, the tone. the Basically, I just enjoy any kind of music that's heavy and catchy. Um, and they were that. And um, you could argue they're a little bit ahead of their time. Some people would disagree, but um, some new metal elements as well, which is was kind of like my my introduction to heavy music. Um, yeah, and I've just followed their whole career. Um, I've seen them multiple times live as they tour around the country. And um, yeah, when they uh, when Adrian, their previous singer, left um, after like the second album, um, they brought on a new singer, Marcus, Marcus Bridge, and he was just awesome. Um, and there was a lot of doubts about whether he could match the vocal style of the previous singer, especially that his harsh vocals, because he had a lot of range in his um in his in his um yeah his harsh harsh vocal style. But Marcus, while it took him a little while to um get comfortable, I suppose he is like light years better than um Adrian. I'm sorry, Adrian, if you read this or see this, but yeah, um, but I love you too, man. <laughs> um and yeah like uh they've released a lot of music uh i just love them to death um yeah i hope that answers your question yeah yeah so when you're working at your desk mm -hmm. do you have music cranking in your headphones or are you uh, the type of person that has to just focus in on what you're doing and have no noise mm, kind of depends right and and the answer is like not really these days because um Ever since I've moved into a production role and became a producer, I'm just too busy. But say if I'm writing a document or something or something that's a bit mindless, then yeah, I will throw in some tunes. Um, but yeah, it's a bit it's a bit rarer these days than it used to be. Say when I was in QA, or like yeah. my, when I started in the industry. So yeah. So what would you say is the most important aspect of project management? Um, look, I, I think there's many important aspects. Um, 
like leadership, of course, like I think you need to, you know, embody exemplary leadership skills in order to oversee the successful completion of a project. And that's because um, you need to be able to inspire and support your team members through every kind of step of the way uh, while you're defining the roadmap to success. Um, patience is another one because the reality is that no project takes place in a straight line um, and things rarely go exactly as planned, right? So, mo and most, most projects, they have an element of challenge and so does guiding a team uh, through those challenges. Um, and very few challenges are solved by rushing them. So, because as the, rea the reality is that um, video games take a long time to complete successfully. Um, and being patient also means you need to be empathetic towards your team members and be able to keep a cool head under pressure. Um, you know, it's, it's especially important uh, in terms of implementing new processes or onboarding a new person as well as you either have to adjust your entire team to a new process or adjust a new team member uh, to the team and the way they work. Um, so without patience, you won't be able to do that um, since those things take a lot of time to finally stick. Um, and you know, there's other important and obvious aspects too, you know, like organization, time management, risk management. I would say though, another big one in my view is a sense of humor um really yeah i would because uh, i think that um i think humor can go a long way in relieving stress uh, for you and your team uh, and can help you lighten the mood uh, during tense situ situations um, it makes it easier to approach the problem solving process with uh, clarity and, and levity mm. and, and just because you and your team work hard it doesn't mean the vibe has to be ultra serious all the time and you know it's it's for that reason I like to weave my own personality and sense of humor into the, all the projects uh, I work on. Um, but your question was, what is the most, the most important aspect of project management? And above all else, my answer would, to that would be communication. Because in order for projects to be successfully managed, you need to, you need to be incredibly adept at communicating efficiently and effectively with your teams. I think it's crucial that you're able to effectively share your vision, your goal, the goals, ideas, issues. Um, and, you know, in, in today's remote work environment, this can include utilizing communication tools like Slack for quick and direct messaging, uh, you know, Zoom, Teams and Skype for video conferencing. But it also extends to your ability to create an environment where employees feel safe uh, to communicate openly. So how does that work when you're working in conjunction with different teams, right? Because the animators will have different tasks or different stressful situations compared to artists, which is different to designers and, and so forth. But do you have like a one size fits all or do you kind of adjust your method depending on the group? This is are you talking about being patient or something else? Well, I'm patient, but yeah, patient, but in terms of managing people, I suppose. All right. Yeah. Yeah, look, everyone's different. Um, you know, like uh you know, there's no like one fit all kind of rule for everyone, you know. I'm trying to think of an example, but like you know, so you've got your your people like to use Jira actually not many do and I wish they did but like um you know if if someone is going to work better 
by sticky notes, then I'm happy to adapt and 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 work with them that way. Um, even though it's painful, <laughs> but you know, it's all about keeping people happy, right? And yet, as for the the different task types when it comes to the different disciplines like animation or or programming and, and whatnot, yeah, all those bits of the puzzle need to fit together. So it's important, like I'll go back to the communication bit again, it's important to bridge that gap between, you know, the different disciplines being design, art, programming, and make sure that the trickle down effect is all, you know, going to jive properly and it'll all come together correctly. And and that people, and this, the remote work thing is, um did, I guess, did make it more difficult to, I guess, nurture those kinds of relationships. So did you always intend to be in the position you're in? Did you always want to be a producer? Do the whole project management thing, even when you were doing QA? Um, or is it just one of those things that's just an organic thing and you just kind of go with the flow? So when I was in high school, right, you know, people, a lot of people don't know what they want to do, right? And I was one of them. Hmm. So when anyone would ask me, but when anyone would ask me, what do you want to do with yourself? Or, you know, um, because I was such a massive video game fan, like ridiculous, like a comically large video game fan. Um, uh, and I still am. Well, I don't get to play them as much as I'd like. Yeah, I know um, the feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would answer by saying, I just want to be involved in games. And even if that means putting the stickers on the cartridges, I would be happy doing that. So my first my first job ever was at Time Zone in Surface Paradise because I used to live in Queensland, um, which is like an arcade, video yeah. game arcade. I'm sure you've yeah. heard of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been so, to a few. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I was the, a game attendant there. You know, I had my little swipe card. When not many people around, I'd jump on Daytona and stuff. It was a fun job. Like, it was a really fun job. Didn't pay that well, but it was fun. Um, and while I did that, I studied at Quantum college in brisbane who i think now are sae institute yeah but i was i was part of the first kind of class to do the degree uh bachelor of interactive entertainment so when they first brought that out it wasn't even like accredited so it wasn't supported by hex or anything i had to get a personal loan to to pay for it oh wow yeah but it was only like 16 grand then but now it's like over 30 of course yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I majored, you could major in, I think, programming or, or animation. And I, I did animation, but um, I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> it, though. I did enjoy it. Um, anyway, I completed that degree just because, you know, I was living on the Gold Coast and commuting to Brisbane. And some of these lectures were at like 8 a.m. or something. So I'd have to be on the isn't train. That, isn't like, that an so. hour and a half from Gold Coast to Brisbane? One yeah, about that. About that, yeah. So, so I'd you have were to commuting get... there each way an hour and a half to study yeah. every yeah. day, well, five days a week. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, the, only if there was like an 8 a.m. lecture or something, right? Um, which wasn't every day. But I couldn't keep that up even, even every few days because I'd have to get up before the sun rises. So I didn't go to many 8 a.m. lectures. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so yeah, um, 
anyway, I just scraped through. Eh? I think I got like a pass conceded, but I've got my degree. I got the good man. Thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it led me on the path to my first job, which was a QA tester at Chrome Studios in Brisbane. Um, who did who did um Tyler Tasmanian Tiger, Girl, um, which kind of put them on the map. Um 3D platformer game, Australian game featuring a Tasmanian tiger, believe it or not. Mm. Um yeah, and um yeah, I remember yeah, I remember interviewing, it was like April 2005. Um, and I thought it went well. They had this um, test where you had to make a cup of tea. And it's like, you know, you write down the steps of how you make a cup of tea. And what? I, th- I think it was like their process of how to determine how methodical a thinker you are when it comes to testing games. Like, do you think of all the steps? For example, like when you're, writing the reproduction steps of a bug are you not going to miss anything oh right yeah so anyway yeah so i was racking my brain doing that and i forgot to boil the water <laughs> but anyway <laughs> um didn't seem to matter and then um yeah we we're just talking about stuff and um yeah right at the end um the qa manager at the time who was interviewing me he said Oh, is there any reason why you don't think you'd be able to come to work or, you know, and I didn't know what to say, but at the same time as being a big, um, I was about to say wrestling and I will, a big video game fan, I was a big wrestling fan, right? Yeah. Stone Cold, The Rock, all that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was my era. Nice. Um, So I said, and I'm glad I did, but it could have backfired. I said, well, if the if the WWF comes into town or, you know, the wrestling comes into town, then, yeah, maybe. And at that point, the hiring guy was like, oh, you're a wrestling fan? Oh, man, I'm a huge wrestling fan. And we're just talking about wrestling for a bit. And um, anyway, the interview wrapped up, shook their hands, and then the hiring guy lent in to me and said, you can be quietly confident. So I was like, all right, I'll take that. Nice. And I was like, just on a high for the next few days. And and then um, I got the call up and I got the job and the rest is history. That's so cool though, because considering how much uh, focus there is on actual degrees and the actual degree itself at the university, but there's a lot of stuff you can actually learn just through doing it right particularly oh, these yeah. days right yeah, with youtube yeah. and oh man yeah, yeah all the facilities you can access information and tutorials yeah. like we, oh. I, we didn't have it back in our day no no way no like man imagine if you had youtube when you went through high school yeah like, it would have been amazing it would have been easy as no um yeah that's so true man like i don't think that i think the hard truth is that if you've if you've been to university and you've got yourself a degree and you you're an academic and but then you've got someone who didn't go to university he spent years in his mum's basement and he's made games um and he's done well with them and he's talented they're gonna hire him you know or them he or her yeah i think that's pretty much the case with any sort of creative role right any Mm. art animators 
musicians. Yeah, like it's it's a it's, it's more about the portfolio, isn't it, than the actual degree yes, in and on itself. Hundred yes. percent. Yeah. So my advice to anyone who's like trying to get into the games industry is just make something, or you know, you know, do like if you're a designer, write a design. You know, make a prototype. That's the best way in because it not only does it show your you're interested, but you're committed and it's something you want to do. You're passionate about it. Um, yeah. I, yeah. That's kind of my answer to that. Yeah. Do you have a specific project that you're most proud of or that you enjoyed the most working on? Um, you can just say all of them if you don't know. <laughs> I've really enjoyed being part of all the games I've been lucky enough to work on throughout my career. And, some highlights in particular, and I think you touched on some of them, but it was, yes, Star Wars The Force Unleashed, Deus Ex Human Revolution, Director's Cut, Borderlands, the pre-sequel, The Legend of Zelda, Skyward Sword HD, and Age of Empires 2, Definitive Edition. Yep. But I think the project I've enjoyed being a part of the most, though, would have to be LEGO 2K Drive, which is the last game I worked on and that we just launched last month. Um, in collaboration with 2K Games and Visual Concepts. Is there something specific as to why that game? I think I just, it was so challenging, right? It was the most challenging project I've ever done um, in my life. And for my whole team, it was. Um, and that's probably the not the answer you're expecting as to why Um it was the most the project I enjoyed the most, but I really did right, and it was so challenging for many reasons. Like we had to work with Visual Concepts, who were developing the mainline game on PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X, while we handled Gen Eight, which is PlayStation Four and um, Xbox One, PC with Steam and Epic, and then Nintendo Switch. So a lot of platforms. Um, uh, so it, it just required so much concentrated effort to to pull off. But moreover, it was the first uh, one of the first projects that we've done at Tanless. At least you know I can say it's not our. It wasn't our bread and butter. The the, the type of development because it was parallel development, simultaneous ship, um, which is not what we're used to we will typically take a game from say 10 years ago um and remaster it um and that will you know we'll, we'll add quality of life improvements we'll improve the graphics um make it run better and it will be a static thing right you'll come in the next day and it's exactly as you left it whereas working on um on lego because there's so many moving parts it was such a massive massive game it's a um, open world racing game where you, a lot like Mario Kart, but open world. Open um, world, yeah. Yeah, where you could build your own vehicles out of Lego bricks to your heart's content and then race them um, against each other, race the, race against each other. So anyway, um, yeah, it was just um, incredibly challenging because of the different style of development, but also just because it was the scope of it was so big. Um, but also the time zone, like it's it was completely opposite, really. You know, the start of our day is the end of theirs. Um, our um, 
what is it? Our Friday's there Saturday. I think I always get that wrong. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so I mean, because I often have to do that as well. I set up uh, an interview with someone from America, and I have to remember mm. they're a day behind us. Mm, mm. Yeah, they might be a few hours ahead, but they're a day behind. So I understand. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. So you know, we really had to utilize Slack um, and just up the communication to you know maintain that kind of transparency because we're on the other side of the world right like they're i'm sure early on they were probably like what are these guys even doing like (laughs) we you know we just got to trust them um but yeah um but i think that the biggest challenge in fact i know was the nintendo switch because you know trying to port a playstation 5 game to the switch is um so hard um when you get all these things going on like it's a a multiplayer game you know eight races um split screen you know it's just so much going on all the physics and stuff um breakable cars and you know the debris and just so when when we first got it running on the switch it ran like a dog like it was just and it took forever to finally get it up to where well, we didn't get it to where it needed to be until right at the end, but you know, we were just optimizing like crazy and but all the big wins we got we got through early. So it was just all micro optimizations like probably from the halfway point onwards. Um and then we yeah, we had a lot of different teams and developers come in and help us um uh kind of get just keep improving it. Um but because it was such, it was a fluid kind of beast in that constantly things were getting added, new content, features, um, the UI is changing. Like it's just you know, so you would um you would spend all this time making all these improvements. You'd you'd um you'd buy back some frame time. You'd um you'd make some memory gains, and then you'd come in the next day and they're all kind of ripped out from under you and it's actually worse than where it was before. But, and that wasn't all the time, but, and I don't hold this against visual concepts at all. Like, you know, they have a job to do, (laughs) you know, we just have to accept that, um, that risk. Right. And so we did. And, um, but yeah, anyway, um, lots of, um, lots of challenges that one, but I think that's why it's the one I've enjoyed being a part of the most but also because I, everyone's just so, so nice and they're just such fantastic people over there to work with. I just hope that, you know, we, we get another chance to collaborate in the future because for me, like I, I just learned so much. I know that my team learned an awful lot and we'll be able to take those learnings into our next projects. And for that, I'm like extremely grateful. And the thing is, you're still quite early in your career as well. So you've, it's just an upward trajectory. Am I? It's nearly 20 years. Yeah, but you're, you're young still, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it doesn't matter. <laughs> 20, 40... years, 20 years young. There you go. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, 40 in uh, August. Jeez, I, I don't like saying that. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I suppose so, man. And, and yeah, but to answer your question from before i am i am where i want to be i i feel like i do 
I'm good at my job. I feel like it's what I want to do because mm. um, I love working with people. I love surrounding myself with experts because I learn a lot from them. I'd love to be a bit more technically minded, be a bit more of a technical producer down the line. Um, and I, I, I just learn so much each day just from being alongside all these really talented developers. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think I'm where I want to be. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, one one thing I wanted to ask you about was Deus Ex Human Revolution and mm -hmm. adapting that game for the Wii U gamepad. You did a phenomenal job on that game. Oh, I yeah. remember playing it and with the, the systems that you use with the Wii U gamepad. Do you remember that process and how it was? I was the QA lead on, on Deus Ex Human Revolution. This is when I worked, worked at Fatanalus the first time. First this time, my, yeah. yeah. this is my second time around, but this time um, as a senior producer. But yeah, so working on Deus Ex, um, which we was the director's cut version of Human Revolution for the Wii U. Um, yeah, so from a more functional perspective, we used the Wii U gamepad to create a brand new augmentation called the um, the Neural Hub, and because one criticism we heard was that players of the of the original game, you know, just straight Human Revolution, wanted to know how much health enemies had and what loot they carried uh, before taking them on, um, and the game's smart vision augmentation, which allows players to um, to see enemies through walls and. And that we extended that and fused it with the gamepad, which resulted in the neural hub. So now on Wii U, you can use the gamepad to see enemy health and armor type, the heavy, medium, or light, as well as loot. And the idea was that this will let players plan their moves better. Because you you know, you can check loot, you you'll be able to identify a target who's carrying a pocket secretary, uh, which may contain the code for a locked door you're after or decide not to go into a room because it's packed with heavies with loads of hit points. Um, yeah, and we also used the gamepad to improve the immersion of the game because we found with its touchscreen, it was closer to the vision of Deus Ex where you're someone who is augmented and you have systems implemented in you that give you the edge in combat you know, in all situations. So you can use the gamepad to navigate the menus, to display the map, the augmentation system, the inventory. And you have the impression when playing that the Wii U gamepad is part of Adam Jensen. Yeah. Um, and one of his useful augmentations. There's swipe controls too. So one new feature as well called the grenade throwback that allows Jensen to equip a proximity detector that alerts him to a nearby grenade. So if an enemy chucks a grenade at you, the gamepad will vibrate and you can swipe the touchscreen to pick it up and lob it back. If I default the touchscreen, that's Jensen's radar. And it's sort of a hybrid between the main radar and the 2D map. And you could open the 2D map on the gamepad to use the stylus to scribble notes, which would then be reflected on your main screen radar. So players can use the feature to draw out approaches in, a, in particularly tricky areas. And you can also use the touchscreen for the hacking minigame using your fingers to progress and punching codes and for weapons that have a scope, such as the sniper rifle, you can use your television to center on your target and then enter a precision mode using the touchscreen, which displays the, um, the crosshair. Mm. Yeah. How, how hard was it to test that though? Do you remember the, the most common bugs? 
you know, I'm tra- I'm drawing a blank on that. I d- actually don't. I don't. I don't recall there being too many, too many bugs with that. But I'm well, sure there were. That's a compliment. That's a compliment, though. <laughs> if you don't remember. Well, well, you know, I think, I think the mantra, at least mine, is you know, please test what you're doing before you implement it. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> and the guys at Tantalus definitely do that. But I'm not saying that there were no bugs. <laughs> oh no, for sure, for sure. <laughs> no, I'm saying if there was a game-ending bug or a bug that was just super, super annoying, I'm pretty sure you'd remember it, right? Oh yeah, it would be like the bane of your existence. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you're just asking about the the UI and the gamepad and how that bugs to do with that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because obviously you would have had to do so much testing to the point it probably got monotonous. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Although yeah, so because because that's handless because we're we're a porting studio. Yeah, we do have the whole game more or less, or we will once we've got it running on. Uh, whatever platform but traditionally like because i have a background in traditional game development and so especially early on uh, when you're, you're starting out on a game you're not testing the game you're testing a part of a level over and over and over and over and over again so that's pretty monotonous you know um but yeah um yeah it's just it's just part and parcel i think are you are you pretty settled now? Because you've been here, there, and everywhere. It seems. I mean, you've done. You've worked in Melbourne. You've worked in Brisbane. You've worked in Canberra, Sydney. And you did some stuff in Wellington as well, didn't you? In Auckland? Uh, not in Wellington. I worked in. I did work in Auckland, Auckland but it was yeah. very brief. It was like six months, wasn't it? No, it was six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. So let me just. Maybe I'll just quickly just track my path. So. Five years at Chrome, GFC hit 2010, lost my job as did everyone else, more or less. Yeah. Um, that's when I went to Tantalus the first time. I was there for one year, still in QA. And then I got picked up by 2K Australia in Canberra, uh, where I worked on Borderlands, the pre-sequel. They just finished Bioshock Infinite when I joined. And um, I was there for nearly two years and that studio sadly closed. Um, and then I took a little bit of a sabbatical and then I joined, oh, well, yeah, I took a sabbatical and I actually, I did go to New Zealand, um, but the South Island, but just for a holiday, because some I made some really good friends out of that job at 2K. Um, and we decided to spend a little bit of our severance money to um, get a camper van over there and drive around the South Island. So we, um, yeah, we kind of we hit a lot of little town, cool towns. Um, yeah, uh, Queenstown. Um, we hiked a glacier. Took a helicopter up to Franz Josef Glacier and hiked that. That was fun. Um, yeah, great time. It wasn't long enough though. Maybe not even a couple of weeks, but some great memories from that trip. And anyway, so I came back and um, staying in Sydney with my mum for a little while because we don't get to see each other often and then I started getting itchy feet you know I needed a job so I started putting the feelers out and that's when Game Off New Zealand um, reached out to me Um, and it was for a production role and I was like yeah I mean you know sounded good Um, I'd heard of Game Off they're a good 
well-known company. Mobile games, though, it's not. Yeah, really mobile games. Yeah, would have preferred to stay in PC console, but willing to give anything a go, right? So, anyway, um, they offered me the job, but then they were like, "Can you start in like two weeks?" I think it was, and I was just like, oh, "What?" So, <laughs> essentially, I had to like, I sold my car on the cheap. I just uprooted my whole life. I like moved over there really suddenly. And this was like in December, middle of December in like uh, 2015. So I remember I got there and I'm sitting there and I'm at the studio and it was all good. And I'm meeting everyone and I'm starting to get to grips with stuff. And I'm like, hang on, can I go home like for Christmas? Like to, cause like, you know, spend time with the family like Christmas. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. So they they flew me back home, did that, and then I came back again. And by this point, it was like maybe two weeks, three weeks in, and then yeah, three or four weeks later, they closed that studio. And they <laughs> what? Were, yeah. So th- there were people in the air, like just ready to start their new jobs there um, at the studio. So it was kind of. Yeah, it was pretty perplexing. I had some um, some guys from head office fly in and yeah, it was a whole ordeal. Um, something about, you know, I don't know, studio wasn't profitable for five years or something. I was just, well, so anyway, um, I did lose out on a bit of money from that because I just literally just signed. You literally just moved. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I just moved and had all my stuff about to get onto a boat to come across and... Oh. I literally just signed a lease on a new apartment, like literally like the day before or something. So I lost that on a bunch of money from that. But anyway, um, I did go to Wellington after that, but not I didn't work there. However, I did apply to a position at Magic Leap in Wellington, um, which went well. However, they were taking a long time to get back to me. Um, but it... And within a few days of that interview, Gameloft Australia called me and they're, they're based in Brisbane. Mm. And they basically said, look, do you just want to come here and do what you were doing there, but just do it for us? And at first I was thinking, are you just going to shut that down though? Like this. Yeah. But I, and after waiting on it for a bit, like I had the, the contract I needed to sign. Uh, I just had to go with the bird in the hand because magically I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's going well, but we're just going to be this long and we're talking to these people. And I'm just, okay, I've got to just pull the cord here. So anyway, I um, I took that role and I worked at Game Off Australia for nearly four years. Maybe I did meet four years. And then there was some restructuring that happened. I lost... um. After the the last project they worked on there, which was ballistic baseball for Apple Arcade on iOS and Mac OS and TVOS, um, yeah, there's some restructuring that went on. Uh, they I think they severed about a third of the studio. Don't quote me on that, but yeah. So and I was just one of them that that got laid that got laid off. So that was right towards the end of 2019, and um. And yeah, so that was so it was near Christmas. So yeah, I just like kind of hung out with family, and then early in the new year, um, I just sent a 
I just sent a um an email to my old boss at Tantalus. They were they're not they weren't advertising. I just said, I think the subject was producer reaching out or something like that. Um, and you know, I just said, hey, you know, if you need someone, I'm keen. I'd love to come back. Something along those lines. And he responded saying, "Yeah, hey Steve, yeah, actually we do need someone. Like, there's a good lot going on. Like, when are you in Melbourne next?" Um, so I had to, and Joss is probably gonna love hearing this, but I lied to him. I said, "Oh, I'm actually gonna be in Melbourne this weekend." because of some other reason <laughs> that wasn't true. And then I just hopped a flight and I was there. I actually interviewed with another studio as well. I got offered the role there um, as well. Um, so I interviewed there and then I went to Tanless, interviewed, both went well. I was offered the roles for both of them and ultimately ended up choosing Tanless. Um, and I'm really glad I did because it's just been fantastic. Um, to be back i've heard nothing but good things about tantalus nothing but yeah. good things no that's good i'm, I'm i've never heard to... anything bad about them yeah i'm happy to hear that um you know we, we keep a relatively low profile we're not out there touting our name a lot although that's happening a little bit more since we're since we were acquired by keyword studios yeah um, and it's important to promote yourself i'm not saying that we're just in the dark but um yeah like We've our, we've been around for nearly thirty years. Um, our first game was Stargate on the Super Nintendo in nineteen ninety four. Um, yeah, it's a very rich history. Um, and yeah, I've just I've been lucky enough to follow their path like kind of all the way along, and yeah, to just see them go from strength to strength, and you know, just reaching new heights all the time. So I was very disappointed when I took that role at 2K Australia, even though that is one of my favorite jobs as well. And I made a lot of good friends out of that and to working on Borderlands, that was awesome too. Mm. But when that studio closed, I was like, man, I shouldn't have left Tanless. Although if I didn't, maybe I wouldn't have moved into production. So Yeah. Who knows? It all works know. out in the end, but there's something mm. to be said about the fact that you've moved around so much and you're able to be so agile because it's not easy moving from city to Sydney, city to city or moving no, country in the no. event of New Zealand and then moving it's, back. No, it's not. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm over it. So, so you're uh, staying in Melbourne. I, do, I am. I bought an apartment here in Preston in mid 2021, like in the height of the pandemic, actually. So yeah, I'm, I'm here to stay. Um, I love it here. Um, yeah. I, when I worked in Melbourne last, um, I loved it then. Um, yeah, the pandemic didn't help. Like it couldn't actually go out and do stuff, but you can now. And, yeah, you know, hope, I think the city will get back to how it was. It's nearly there. And um, yeah, like, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. But, you know, it doesn't mean I'm stuck here. Like it's not, it's not hard to hop a flight and go back to Brisbane or, or wherever to, to catch up with uh, your family and friends you just can't do it i guess as, as easily if you're not in the same state yeah yeah but yeah um it is it is tough man and it's it's a harsh reality of anyone in this industry like a lot of people can't like struggle not only struggle to find work but 
in and not only in this country like a lot of people have to go to other countries like uh, yeah. america and that although we do have the tax tax break now i don't think all states do but queensland does um at least and um that helps with them um, retaining talent staff and talent yeah so yeah i mean you're pretty much echoing what other developers have said in terms of it the harsh realities they're working for a company and then they get laid off and all the moving around jumping from city to city or state yeah. to state or country to country yeah. so it takes yeah. a, it, it takes a certain type of character to be able to do that and still have high morale and energy so yeah yeah definitely like um i never thought in my career that i would be comfortable enough to purchase property and, and have a mortgage with such a volatile job or at least as i knew it was but yeah townless is mainstay i'm got utter confidence complete confidence that um i'll be you'll be fine mm. and then it closes tomorrow touch wood touch wood cross fingers no yeah cool all right well hey i'll wrap up there thank you so much for taking time out if anyone wants to stay in contact with you with what you're up to is there any mm. way they can do that uh i'd say twitter uh actually so yeah twitter twitter is probably their their best bet and uh my twitter handle is at steve jude storm uh so uh i'll see you there all right well that is the show everyone make sure you share like and subscribe and until next time stay safe